You're listening to The Union Podcast. The Union exists to bring biblical confidence and clarity to the topics of relationships and sexuality. On this podcast, we unpack the damaging effects of modern sex culture and discuss how to heal from the past and enrich your relationships. Here are your hosts, Brian and Bonnie Pugh. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian, and this is my wife, Bonnie. Say hello, Bonnie. Hello, Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie, this is always so awkward. Hello. Um, But hey, we're so glad you joined us here. And if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Union Podcast, we are so glad you're here. We just want to welcome you here. This is a space and context in which we love to discuss uh, God's design for sexuality, relationships, marriage, identity, all these aspects of the human experience. And to really walk away with biblical clarity, um, because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I think or what Bonnie thinks or what so-and-so thinks. It really matters what God thinks. And we're always uh, searching after God's thoughts and his perspective on these areas. So thank you so much for joining us here. And uh, again, if you're a return listener, man, we are so thankful that you decided to come back. <laughs> but, totally. Um, uh, we would love it if you subscribe, if you share this, comment on whatever uh, platform you're listening to podcasts on. Um, it just helps us, again, to be seen by more people and uh, get the message of God's design, the beauty of God's design totally. for all these areas um, out in front of more people. So, I would, Honestly, I was thinking about how like I subscribe to podcasts that are, you know, maybe like a leadership podcast or a whatever. And I go, I wonder if people feel embarrassed of like, I subscribe to a podcast all about sex, yeah, all about really. relationships. But then I think we don't want to like only listen to podcasts with that content when everything falls apart. Yeah, like for we want to be building on these issues, like building a foundation of truth and like steadily, steadily renewing our mind because the messages in the culture are coming at us all the time with totally. like, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What does yeah. it mean to be happily in a relationship and what is your sexuality even about anyway so i know for us even early in our relationship in our marriage we had the you know cds with these sermons that we would play over and over again totally on these topics because we were like i gotta i gotta get my mind i gotta think right about this stuff for sure so we exist for that we're wanting to be you know with you on your work on your way to work in the commute or maybe as you're washing dishes at the end of the day totally Because I think, you know, like the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and sometimes it's by hearing and by hearing and by hearing and by hearing again and again and again, just not, not just for it. So it's memorized or so Mm -hmm. we can parrot it, but like we're getting something deeper and deeper into our heart. That's going to, um, you know, be like a seed. Cause again, just biblical references all over the place here, but Jesus, (laughs) you know, talking about how the word being sown into our heart. Um, will grow and produce fruit in some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. Yeah. Um, but it's as we take the word and we allow it to go deep in our heart um, and we bring our lives into alignment with it mm-hmm. um, as we get more and more understanding, um, what leads to fruitfulness in our life, what leads to joy, what leads to peace, yeah. what leads to the character of God uh, being demonstrated through our lives and in our families and in our relationships and just all over the place, you know? So Totally. Yeah sweet so what's new bonnie <laughs> well yeah something <laughs> that's actually, my transition yeah, that was bonnie. smooth man <laughs> um something actually really awesome our our family as of september 1st uh so as of recording right now that's like a month ago yeah we have officially stepped into doing the union movement in a full-time capacity 
my like day to day hasn't changed a ton because I'm like a stay at home homeschooling, you know, mom. Uh, but Brian, she rocks it though. Just gotta say it. She rocks it. Yeah. <laughs> Some We're days. have a good heartfelt cry. We're all just doing our best around doing here. Doing our best. Yeah. Yeah. But I stepped down from, he was in a, a part-time role at our local church where we serve as, you know, leaders. Uh, and he, so he stepped down from that role. He was doing, doing like tech, digital, Yeah. Just trying services. to, trying to get the church online in a very short period of time. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he, as of September 1st. Now we're doing just more hours to the union. Mm-hmm. And so that means, honestly, our real goal and like our vision in this next quarter is to be really connecting with local churches. Yeah. So maybe if you are a pastor or an associate pastor or a youth pastor and you want to know of one, <laughs> <laughs> then you feel free. Honestly, reach out yeah. to us info at the union movement dot com or you can find us on our social media uh spots just reach out because we are really wanting to we want to hear from leaders of like what you're really needing but we have some ideas of what you're needing yeah just from our experience in youth ministry young adult ministry and church leadership totally of what people what churches are needing in order to really help their families help their marriages the young people really thrive Mm -hmm. in these areas of sexuality and relationship so um we're gonna we'll we'll keep keep you all posted yeah. in the coming days of of events we want to do and some online things um, just to be available to strengthen the church is totally. our is our desire. So yeah, and if you've benefited from you know podcasts or you've seen some of our stuff on social media and you would want to partner with us and yeah. want to give again, you can visit our website theunionmovement.com and there's a donate button there. Um, we are so glad to be covered by our local church as far as a nonprofit. Um, covering so like we are able to give uh tax tax deductible receipts if you are up in the great white north of canada yeah um but yeah we would love it it just helps us to continue to do this Mm -hmm. and continue to get resources out to help uh local church leaders and to do podcasts do do the stuff that we're doing and and in greater measure and greater scale so um and for those who are listening and have given we love you guys so much you guys are absolutely amazing and uh we're so thankful for you so but as we jump into it today, it's kind of like just we're just sharing our heart today. Yeah. Um, it's been, man, I just think over the last month has been quite um, quite a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've been, had our own little battle with sickness, which has been awesome. We yeah. had got into the, the union work full time and then got mm-hmm. sick and bounced back from that after two weeks. So hooray yeah. for that. But um, we're- Got some antibodies now, guys. Yeah, we got antibodies. Got the antibodies. But- um. I think, you know, we both just were talking about kind of what this podcast would look like. And we feel like there's kind of some unique things that the Lord's just been speaking to us in our own heart, um, really just about what it means to follow Jesus in this time and what it means to, mm-hmm. um, not that we're authorities on what it means to follow Jesus, but I think we have some perspective today that um, is just really important, I think, speaking to a younger generation um, and really just kind of what's been demonstrated um, as what it means to follow Jesus and how it affects your life. Yeah. Um, we're in a, kind of some dire straits right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think as a, as a young person or even just a new follower of Christ, um, that in a greater sense, like a very general sense, like that you're set up to really, really follow Jesus passionately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're really set up to, um, have the tools necessary and what do you what do you mean set up like what do you 
Tell me about that. Well, I think when I say set up, uh, kind of speaking to just what it really means to follow Jesus in the secret areas of your life mm. and and really just like what are the practices of following Jesus? What is the what does Jesus expect uh, of me? You know, right? Because I think mm-hmm. like we hear so much about the grace of God, which is worth hearing about, um, you know, yeah. but a lot of times that that seems like it's we talk about it in such a way as if like God doesn't require anything of us anymore. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but somehow like that Jesus doesn't have a sexual ethic, mm. you know, and um, and what he what he would say as is right and wrong um, when it comes to sexuality is, you know, like he mm-hmm. actually doesn't have opinion. He's just he's just love and he's just grace and he's just always mercy. And he's just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of just low key, just go with the flow, putting out good vibes. And, you know, like mm-hmm. that's that's just what it means. And I go like I uh, I just don't know that if that's really the Jesus of the Bible. Um, no, and, I, and so I, that's why I say, like, I don't know if you're really set up really well, because I don't know if. If, if the, the reality of Jesus, about. What's is that, that what you mean? Like, it's like the Bible's right there that you, that a new believer could just grab it. Yeah. But it's like within the community of faith, are there things that it's like the general, you know, the average Christian is saying like, yeah, these are the, these are the tenets of mm-hmm. our, of our faith. It's like, it, it just seems like there's so much contradictory messaging. Yeah. And I think like in the, uh, in the abundance of noise and the abundance of yeah. information and the ease of, of information, which we're thankful for because we're capitalizing on it right now by yeah, yeah. doing a podcast. But like when we, when there's just a multitude of voices, um, you know, that can just take, mm-hmm. take truth or take, or I don't even want to say truth, but they can take aspects of truth or they can take a half truth and make it a whole truth. Mm-hmm. And then somebody grabs a hold of something not knowing the difference. Yeah. Um, and it actually doesn't set them up for freedom, for human yeah. flourishing, doesn't set them up for totally. faithfulness to Christ. Um, it sets them up to be very emotionally led, sets them up to be just kind of tossed to and fro. Totally. Like the scriptures talk about, about every wind of doctrine that comes. It doesn't set them up to be, you know, like having a sure foundation. So... That's the long and short of what I was saying. Well, it makes me think up. of what you were saying to me earlier today about the, psych- the psychologist who said he's never seen someone escape from, I don't know, you might be, you can explain it better than I can. Yeah, well, there was just somebody who was saying that in all his years of being a clinical psychologist, he's never seen anybody get away with anything, which I thought was a really, a real interesting comment um, because, you know, like we look at, there's so much that goes on in people's lives and and it looks like they're getting away with it you mm-hmm. know right there's people who do wrong and it seems like they're getting away with it and he was explaining that you know like the the moral law that that we that we do have that is very clear within uh within this life and the human experience it's kind of like an elastic band and you can try to stretch that um and you might be able to think like oh i could stretch that a little bit more see i stretched it and nothing really happened uh, and I stretched it more and more and more. And, it, you know, maybe it's 10 years or maybe even five years or three years or I don't know, whatever that time frame is. But all of a sudden, that elastic band that you've been stretching, you've been you've been manipulating, you've been trying to get to work in your favor mm-hmm. and push against and pretend like it doesn't really exist. All of a sudden, it snaps back and hits with a vengeance. Yeah, and yeah. And if you were to look at somebody's life over that 10 years that you know, five years or three years or whatever, and track it back, you would see decisions made little bit, little decisions, but incrementally growing to this now 
right. major catastrophe. And, and I just, anyways, that was, that's what I had shared. But mm-hmm. I think in so many ways that's, that is so relevant for us today as to what it means to follow Jesus is that sometimes the decisions we make in hidden areas of our life and in our heart, we think, oh, well, nothing's really happened, you know? And, yeah. Um, but all the while, God's moral law is being stretched and eventually it's going to come back yeah. and spank you. And it, it happens, it happens with, with nations. It happens with individuals. It happens with, with families, you know, things that are, yeah. um, you know, Jesus just wasn't really clear, you know, or wasn't, he didn't really shy away from saying this is what I meant to say is like things that are done in the secret will be shouted from the rooftops. Yeah. And, um, and that's, yeah. be- that's a beautiful promise. Like that's like intimidating if you're yeah. hiding things, if you're like, Absolutely. I'm trying, I don't want people to know this about me. Oh my gosh, like it's going to be shown. So that's where, you know, we really talk a lot about that principle of confession. It's like you expose it. Yeah. And then you're actually saved from totally from, like you humble yourself. You're saved from humiliation. Yeah. But, you know, but then it's on the flip side. It's also beautiful because Jesus says, like, you go ahead and you go, you go pray in secret. You go give in secret. You go, you know, connect with the Father in heaven in secret and like who you are. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. reveal it to others. Like people will see who you truly are. Totally. You know, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. It's powerful, man. It's real. And I think we've seen, like, we've seen the, the fruit of that over this last year, you yeah. know, right. And, and we've talked about it before. We don't probably need to jump into it again, but just like leaders, um, people, maybe people, you know, and, yeah, and things seem to be just going great. Right. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it comes out that, you know, there's adultery or that comes out that there's addiction. It comes out that there's just a, a laundry list of things right. going on behind the scenes. And, um, you know, it's just like, there's, there's a way that's better, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, living your life according to God's word above all things to honor him and to, and to, to seek his will and to, to walk in his ways yeah. only leads to human flourishing. Even if it costs us greatly on this side, um, of eternity, um, I think it leads to human flourishing, and it, I think it leads to mm-hmm. um, even the yeah, stabilizing really of nations so. leads to the stabilizing of family, which leads to the stabilizing of nations. Absolutely, and, you know the turmoil that we're experiencing. It's all it's all integrated, mm-hmm. all connected to choices. Yeah, absolutely. Know. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think uh, something that was on my heart. I really wanted to share probably like a month ago maybe six weeks ago one afternoon i was out for a walk and my heart was actually just really heavy personally um i don't even totally remember all the reasons why but i went out for a walk and right across near where we live there's a like a tributary off of the fraser river which is tidal so it rises and falls uh throughout the seasons and this afternoon it was pretty low down and i was walking um walking along the rocks but it's also it's actually quite muddy quite um yeah just silt you know and i just was looking how all these rocks are just covered in dirt and it just reminded me i mean this is maybe bizarre but it reminded me of a a missions trip that i did when i was 18 brian you were there too i was maybe uh when we went to uh la and we were walking on the streets um, down in like Skid Row, right? And mm-hmm. lots of those, I don't remember the names of all the neighborhoods, but we'd go and, you know, either bring food or bring, you know, just bring whatever we could. Yeah. Um, And it was a really powerful experience. But I remember that same, like, just sense of like, there being dirt everywhere. And uh, anyway, so as I'm walking, I just 
just seeing this dirt and thinking about how in this world and in, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like silt and mud just get on our souls. Mm-hmm. And just even we're trying to follow Jesus and you can just feel heavy and can feel like I am being so affected. You know, either it's like either by that music video that I saw the other day or that conversation I overheard or that movie that I hoped would be really good. And then it ended up being just like filthy. You can just start to feel heavy, you know, or yeah, the list could go on. Could be memories from your past, could be, you know, things you're going through in a relationship right now or a friendship. And anyways, I felt like the Lord really just spoke to me that afternoon in the midst of my heaviness and just this thought, don't forget that you're a bride. And, you know, for us, we got married back in 2007. And I just remember that dress that I, you know, picked out, kept it a secret, Brian, you couldn't see it, you know, um, for the, all those months leading up. And and just how it sounds so bizarre, but it almost like I know C.S. Lewis talks about this is like when the bride comes into the room, she's almost like it's almost like a costume, like she's playing the role of some of this great romance that is played out over and over again throughout history of this, the love story of a man and a woman. And she puts on this gown. And that's how I felt like almost like this surreal sense of like, it's okay that all this attention's on me and that I'm allowed to just like look spotless today, mm-hmm. I guess. And so when God, I felt God whisper that, like, don't forget that you're a bride. I felt like it was for me in that, like, like I said, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, it's like I'm in my sweats and I have to put my hair up in a messy bun often. Right now we have a one-year-old and I can't leave my hair down ever and I'm tempted to chop it. Otherwise he's going to, like, he just pulls on it, you know. Yeah. Other moms, I know you can relate. Um. Anyway, so it's like, I'm like in messy bun and sweatpants a lot. But it's like, God's like, yeah, but I see who you are. Like, I see that you're a bride. And and for those, if you're not familiar, it's like in scripture, this is this language that God uses over and over again to talk to his people. He calls, you know, he calls us his children. Uh, he calls us his friend. He calls us his servant. You know, there's all these different ways of relating. But one powerful symbol and like the language that he uses is of that of a bride where he's like he Mm -hmm. basically is saying like i am coming to propose i came and i proposed to you i'm coming and i'm committing to you forever and i'm inviting you to commit to me will you commit to me and and then scripture talks about how the church the collective people of god are prepared to be with it says without spot without wrinkle like the bride dressed up in her gown instead of that silt and that mud she's actually in this glorious covering this glorious garment which is actually the righteousness of christ that has been gifted to us it's the gown this garment of righteousness and so i just i I wanted to share that today because i feel like some of you if you you might be feeling heavy and you might be feeling like anything but a bride and i just feel like i just wanted to pass on that reminder don't forget you're a bride don't forget you're a bride. Don't forget that a groom is coming for you. It says Jesus is like our bridegroom and that he will return and he will gather us to himself. And, you know, the book of Revelations talks about how we'll sit and we will feast with him like a great, you know, the great wedding reception. And um, we want to, yeah, we're going to go further into what that means to be a bride, but Mm -hmm. just know that his tone towards you God's tone towards you really is an invitation into love and into just like wholehearted surrender. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, totally. And I think too, like it's also as as followers of Jesus, it's a call into this sanctifying work, this this yeah. um, this washing of our soul, this washing of our um, of patterns in our heart and in our mind. Like, because I just even think like how um, you know Paul refers to it. Uh, I think it's in Galatians, might be might be Ephesians actually, but just I'm totally blanking on it. I do read my Bible, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just blanking <laughs> on it right now. But where he talks about like how he, the washing of the. Oh yeah, Ephesians. The, yeah, the Five. washing of um, the wife by, through the word. You know what yeah, I mean? Kind yeah. of making this, this, this comparison, I think now, like, because, because he goes on to talk about it um, as well. Like, you know, that this, this type and shadow that we see within marriage is actually not, is actually not the pinnacle, but it's actually, it's, it's not the, the primary, it's actually the secondary. It's like the, the shadow, it's the shadow. It's, it's the, the image of something even greater in Jesus's love for his church mm-hmm. and his commitment and the commitment, you know, in, in response to that initiation that Jesus makes, the church says yes and amen. And, mm-hmm. and let us, let me serve you and let me honor you and let me let me be your your body you know what mm-hmm. i mean and and there's so much imagery that goes into that and so much you know profound uh profound reality for us um as followers of christ but it is you know like to be a christ follower and to be the bride of christ this is an invitation into a process mm-hmm. where you are being separated yeah prepared. you are being yeah. the church which means a called out people yeah to be the church means you have to actually be called out from something mm. And, and I think, again, this kind of speaks to what I was saying before, like how there isn't the clarity, there isn't the understanding being imparted into um, those who are new to faith or maybe those who are, you know, young in, in, in their faith that like that actually to follow Jesus doesn't mean to follow Jesus among so many other things, yeah. you know what I mean? Or that like Jesus is my husband, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. of many husbands yeah you know right he's just the one that gets me to heaven yeah when i die and i go like we need to actually have some real talk about mm-hmm. the fact that exclusivity to jesus really is mm-hmm. exclusivity to jesus mm-hmm. it's like jesus above all things jesus is you know like he's not playing second fiddle to anything and right. i just think like can you imagine if when i propose to you i think actually john bevere does they did this like kind of um little video clip of like there's this husband or this boyfriend and girlfriend and like they've obviously been dating for a while and yeah and he um, oh yeah yeah and he uh he they're out at this restaurant and he um he proposes and um and says yeah I, I want you to be my wife and you know will you will you marry me and she's like okay yeah totally um I just Every once in a while, though, I do kind of have this other old boyfriend that I would love to just be able to, you know, see from time to time. Like it wouldn't like you and I would be like we'd be married, but like I would, you know, Mm -hmm. go hang out with him and maybe, you know, and it's just like it kind of goes on that track. And you can see like the face of the dude is just like, no, (laughs) you know, that you're not going to do that. You're not going to go see your ex-boyfriend like. Right. You and I are going to be together. And I, and they, they make that parallel. It's such a such a powerful, um, you know, parallel that's made. It's like, you know, do we do that to Jesus? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Jesus is here. Like, I love you. I, I'm, I've look at what I've done for you. Look at the price I've paid for you. Come and be mine and I'll be yours. And, yeah. and there'll be this this let's enter into covenant together and mm-hmm. let's let's 
let's walk through this life together, but also, you know, you get to walk into and spend eternity with me yeah. at the end of all things. And we're like, that sounds amazing. I would, I do think though, I have a bunch of other stuff in my life that's actually, I don't really want to let go. Mm -hmm. So if we could just make a way to work this out that I get to keep my pornography or I get to keep my, mm -hmm. you know, like my, um, the list goes on of whatever it is, yeah. sexual or, or non-sexual, but just mm -hmm. anything that, you know, matters to us more yeah. than Jesus does. Yeah. Um, we're like, hey, can we just maybe work this into the picture? Can we work this into mm -hmm. the agreement somehow? Mm -hmm. And um, and Jesus is like, ah, no, yeah. you know, like I want all your heart. Yeah. And because like he hasn't he hasn't withheld anything for us. Yeah, you know what I true. mean? Like when he was on the cross, he didn't he didn't leave anything out. Like hmm. he suffered the fullness of the cross and wow. he suffered the, you know, the fullness of the grave and rose again in fullness. Like, wow, he didn't hold anything back. And I think I think our response has to be that of yes and amen. Yes. In the same way, you know, totally. And that I think of that thought of like, man, when I think of the perfection of his love and then I think of my own frailty and I think. Mm -hmm. Oh God, like you are, you're really good to us. Yeah. And, you know, maybe people might say like, well, I don't deserve him. Mm -hmm. We don't. That's right. You know, like, and so this, I feel like we, we just have to keep coming back to a place where we say, God, if, if you say that you want me mm -hmm. in spite of my frailty, yeah. that's what we're not talking, when we talk about these sin or these imperfections or we're talking, if we're talking about like unsurrendered, we we're talking about like an open defiance mm -hmm. to him. It's not yeah. about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that again. Or I'm really trying to understand or, you know, I keep slipping up, but I don't want it. Like, it's like God is merciful and he yeah. sees when it's like, we're trying to bring him our best, mm -hmm. you know, and even just, you know, recently just before we started recording, I was looking at this verse in Jeremiah. You might be familiar with it where it says like the heart is deceitful, mm -hmm. which means what it means. We, you know, we know how to trick ourselves and we know how to, we try to trick others at times. And it's, but then the next phrase, I've always heard it as desperately wicked, but in the original language, it actually has to do with this. It's like this, like desperately, desperately frail, desperately mm. sick, desperately weak, you know, and, and, and that's, it's the cry within our hearts when we get, a, when we wake up to the fact that there is this great love for us and we have this, it's like we feel so weak in response of like, how can I, how can I love you, God, better? How can I be more fully yours? And I, I do agree with you, Bri. I think it's sad some within the church, not everywhere and not everyone, of course, but I am sad when the church where the language of the followers of Christ is so far from that. Yeah. I, I want to hear again the, the, that the people of God would say, I love Christ. Not just he loves me and I get to do what I want, but yeah. I love Christ and I'm trying to find ways to glorify him more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, a saying comes to mind is like when a half truth is presented as a whole truth, it actually becomes an untruth. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Jude actually makes this, this warning against teachers who would uh, present the grace of God as actually essentially like a license or a, um, they would like portray the grace of God as like this idea that you can, you can just live a sloppy life and it, and it's all good, you know? And, and Paul makes obviously the, you know, 
he, he kind of speaks to that in Romans and says like, you know, some of us, you know, we've heard that some people are saying that we should say like, hey, sin all the more so the grace can abound all the more. And he's like, no, no way. Don't let that happen. Like, mm-hmm. how can you who have died to sin continue on in it? And, and, and I want to be very careful in this because like, there are those who among us and, and like, that's, that's really all of us in some way, shape or form that we are falling forward that in our weaknesses and in our shortcomings and failures, as we lay them at the feet of Jesus and we are, we are repenting and turning from, you know, willful participation in sin and, and allowing him to change our heart and perspective. Like that's a, that's a process. And that is that sanctification of what it means. But, um, I think there's some of us who have listened to, just the parts that we want to hear about what about what Jesus brings to the table for us and we haven't stopped to ask the question but what but what does that mean to me what does that mean for me what is Jesus expecting because um again just to piggyback on what i said at the beginning that that phrase like does Jesus have a sexual ethic mm. and and if listening to so much of what is is out and about on social media and is out you know, YouTube, all these different teachings and stuff like that that are just out there, you would almost think that actually Jesus doesn't have a sexual ethic. Right. That, you know, he doesn't have anything to say about marriage. He doesn't have anything to say about um, children. He doesn't have anything to say about, you know, sexuality, homosexuality, otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, same-sex attraction, all this all this stuff. He, do, he doesn't have anything to say about it. And, and we're just going, yeah, you know, like if we just believe in Jesus and then, you know, live the life, what I guess we're going to live, I guess this is just who we are, then we'll still get to go to heaven because we're all God's children. And it's like, well, well hold on a second. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that you've missed mm-hmm. in order to come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And either you've purposely, either you're just, you, either you just don't know, mm-hmm. and that's okay to not know something, or you've heard it and you've rejected it and built a gospel and built a form of spirituality and a form of godliness, quote unquote, like the the Bible kind of refers to, but you've taken Christ out of it. Mm-hmm. You've taken any sort of aspect of discipleship and lordship. following, yeah, lordship and following yeah. the pattern of Jesus. You've taken that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually idolatry. And that's actually you shaping God in your own image instead of you being shaped to be the image of Christ. And that's, mm-hmm. um, and that's really important because, yeah. um, you know, just, just really quickly, like, I think one, one major thought that is out there and is prevalent is, is very new covenant heavy, which is great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like my goodness, a new covenant, like, I'm so thankful that it's not by works anymore. I'm so thankful that, right. you know, my goodness, like, um, that we're saved by grace through faith. But when it comes to, you know, there's an argument that Jesus never spoke to certain sexual practices, but you need to understand that the old, the old Testament, and actually even like our a guest we had on Daniel Block just recently, I love how he refers to what a lot of us call the Old Testament as just the first testament, right? You know what I mean, or the or the first covenant. You know, I think he used that that language. Um, you know, like we we think that somehow Jesus is saving us from the the bad God in the old Testament hmm. and he's saving us from any sort of consequence or any sort of requirement that, that the old Testament and aspects of the old covenant would, would speak to when it comes to a, se- a sexual ethic or a, 
morality or anything like that. It's like, no, no, Jesus has saved us from from that, bro. Don't jump back into legalism. Don't jump back into, hmm. it's just like, that's actually not legalism. Yeah. That's actually like, there's a, there's a real, it's, I'm getting off track now, but like, I think it's really interesting that there's one word to speak to um, sexual immorality mm-hmm. and it's the word pornea. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's anything that is outside of the design for marriage because mar- sexuality is meant to be. You mean like the Greek New Testament? Yeah, sorry. In the yeah, Greek yeah. New Testament, there's the, the word pornea, which is anything outside of God's design for sexuality, which is marriage between one man and one woman um, committed together till death do they do they part before mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. This is God's this is God's context for sexuality, mm-hmm. and so we go oh well, but there's certain words that weren't in there and the words that weren't re- like weren't you know invented till later. I go but folks, this is the context in which Jesus was talking about with marriage. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the context in which Leviticus points to with sexuality, which Jesus is a fan of Leviticus, mm-hmm. folks. Like he's a fan of the entirety of scripture and um and i think that's important to remember because we want to make all we want to make all these arguments and everything about words when we just got to go back to the scriptures remember mm-hmm. who was writing it remember who it was written to mm-hmm. um and allow that just to speak to us by by the spirit of god instead of injecting so much um, of our current culture back into it and trying to trying to find any hole we can uh, in the scripture. So I'm going to, I'm going to dial it back a little bit. I'm getting a little no, bit on my soapbox. No, but it's good, Brian. That's just what I've been thinking about. So, yeah, I think of in, uh, Jeremiah, which is to me, honestly, it's just such a haunting book. The whole thing is like, you know, I recently read through the prophets, like the major prophets, which are like just the big ones. And then the minor prophets, the smaller ones. And I started to see like the different focuses that the prophets had and, like it's almost felt like the audience they were talking to, but then also like what type of things they were talking about mm-hmm. and really f- noticed that Jeremiah really spoke a lot to the family unit, talked to the individual men and women, mm. talked to other things too, but I just noticed a lot of themes around just like the social interactions. Whereas Isaiah, um, it felt like he talked more governmentally. Ezekiel f- seemed like he talked a lot more just of like the priesthood specifically. Right. Anyways, so Jeremiah... Chapter 16, uh, I'm just going to read this portion and it's pretty like heavy or like I find it haunting. So God is talking and he's kind of giving them a heads up. Like if you continue living in the way that you have been living, if you keep stretching on that elastic band against this moral law that I have established, um, it's going to snap back and here's what it's going to feel like. Mm -hmm. So he says... um, For thus says the Lord of hosts, so this is Jeremiah 16, verse 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I'm going to eliminate from this place before your eyes and in your time the voice of rejoicing, the voice of gladness, the voice of the groom, and the voice of the bride. Mm. And I think like, I'm going to read another verse in a second, but I just want to comment on that. It's like when collectively, it's not just you, you know, like we're talking to you as an individual, but like. Think collectively as a nation, as a community, as nations, as we pull against that moral law. One of the consequences is that marriage covenant becomes increasingly difficult. I think about how like the age for marrying is going up, right? Like there's never been so many single men and women. And they're going like, why is it so hard to find somebody to commit? And it's like, well, we could pick it all apart. 
you could. You could pick, you know, maybe there's uh, a desire to get your career set up first. But then once you set it up, then you're kind of like, I don't know if I really want to sacrifice, you know, this for that. And or maybe it's like when I was a kid, my parents got divorced and that really hurt me. And I don't know if I can jump into that myself or, you know, I don't know if I can really yield my selfishness to like to another person right like and we or we're afraid or we're insecure and and so like the voice of the bride and the bridegroom the voice of rejoicing and gladness is diminishing but then also you could find that when you get married it's even maybe harder than it used to be to stay married Mm -hmm. you know and again it's like these pressures on the outside there's these voices that say like man you got to get out of it if you're not happy get out like you need to be happy but yeah, then it's right. like, so then people are like, okay, I'll get out. Or maybe there's unfaithfulness or maybe there's abuse or maybe mm-hmm. there's the pain of the past is coming and like just staring at you in the face. And you thought like, man, I thought it was going to be happily ever after. I thought this was going to be like dream come true. Instead, my heart is still breaking, you know, and it's just like the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of gladness, like what God intended these relationships to be. It's like we've breaking it we're ruining it we feel so stained we're so no just heavy and anyway so listen to this next verse now when you tell this people all these words they'll say to you for what reason has the lord declared all this great calamity against us what's our iniquity kind of like what why did would he do this to us like is it our fault like what is our sin which we've committed against the Lord our God? So we're like so people, we're just like incapable of seeing how our own decisions have led to this, you know, societal condition. Mm-hmm. Then you're to say to them, this is verse 11, it's because forefathers have forsaken me, declares the Lord, and have followed other gods and have served them and bowed down to them. But me, they have forsaken and they have not kept my law. This is where it goes back to what Brian was saying there of like, does God, does he have a sexual ethic? Does Jesus have an opinion? Yeah. The choices that we've made, not just us, our parents, our grandparents, like it creates this collective culture that we're all trying to do our best in. We're contributing to it, but it's also some of it's been just passed down to us from our ancestors and we're just in the middle of it all, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Jeremiah, it's like heavy, haunting, but, and then if you fast forward Jeremiah chapter 33 and it, uh, all the chapters matter, but you see the, actually the repeat of those phrases where, I wonder if I should just go to it actually rather than, um, it's it's this promise of restoration. It's a promise that it doesn't have to stay that way. It says, I will bring health and healing. I will heal them. I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. I will cleanse them from iniquity you will again be to me a name of joy and praise in the earth. And then listen to this. It says, so in that place where it was desolate, once again, you will hear the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of those who say, give thanks to the Lord of hosts for the Lord is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first. How beautiful and it's this actually goes on to this this promise of jesus Mm -hmm. and this promise of hearts being turned and uh yeah that's where we are right now Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think something that's so hopeful for us is you look in the story of of josiah Mm. you know he's one of the youngest kings ever i think if not the youngest king Mm -hmm. and um you know uh the the law is found 
Mm-hmm. And then, like it had been set aside, the law of God had been set aside in the nation and it gets brought back to him and he realizes, oh my goodness, this, you know, we've strayed so far from this and, um, you know, we need to repent and we need to get, we need to institute the sacrifices again and, and the Sabbath and the Sabbath the and yeah, yeah. And, and everything, which is just bringing yourself back into God's like into right worship with God. Now there's so many parallels that obviously and, and good doctrine would you know, say that a lot of the, obviously a lot of this has stopped with, with Jesus's death on the cross. He was that slain lamb that takes away the sins of the world. And so mm-hmm. we don't, we're not suggesting you reinstitute those practices, but it was about worship. It was about um, bringing your life before, before That's the right. Lord and yeah. offering your life as a living sacrifice, which, you know, is what Paul speaks to in, in Romans 12, that we wouldn't be conformed to the world. You know, we'd be transformed and offer our lives as that living sacrifice. Yeah. But and so anyways, the story of Joshua, it it's institutes this nationwide revival, all starting with individuals who are willing to get their life back into alignment yeah. with God's design and with the law of God. And and Josiah is one of those kings who goes throughout the land and begins tearing down those high places of false god worship. And I think, you know, that that is an earmark of you know, genuine Holy Spirit activity in your life is what yes. is God tearing down? Mm. You know, is he going through the land of your heart? Is he looking at those things, you know, the, that are um, just not in align with with his thoughts, with his perspectives, with yeah. truth? Are there things in your own life that are damaging to you? And because his his love burns so strongly for us as his people that he's going and and ridding the land of the enemies and saying, hey, don't open a door to them again. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like don't open a door to pornography again. Don't open a door to masturbation again and into adultery, into all fornication, all this stuff. Don't open the door to this. This is going to ruin your life, you know? And like, that's the earmark of, you know, holy, like is the Holy spirit really working in your life? Is he really? Cause if, if there aren't these things being torn down in a, in a process in that sanctifying process, I have to call in a question mm-hmm. if if the Lord's in in your life or has a place of priority yeah. in your life. Yeah. Um, and so I say all that that's meant to be an encouraging word yeah. is that there's an opportunity that when we hear something like this and whenever the Lord brings a, a correction before us that we respond with humility and say, wow, we've I've missed it. And even in this moment, if you're listening to us and you're going like, wow, um, man, I've missed it. There's mm-hmm. something that the Lord is highlighting to you. I just encourage you that, you know, God is quick to forgive. Yes. He is so merciful and he wants to keep back the effects of our wrongdoing. He wants yeah. to minimize the consequences of our wrongdoing and give us mercy. Yeah. You know, not giving us what we deserve. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like um, he he wants to do that. But that that grace and that mercy comes from comes towards those who are willing to humble themselves before God. And say, God, I'm I'm sorry. Forgive me. I, I don't want to live this way anymore. And then they begin to move towards a new pattern of life by the grace of God. That's right. They begin to seek out a new way of living in that area and invite healthy, you know, accountability, invite healthy community into this area and say, This is this is who I want to be. This is what I want to seek after, and this is what I want to pursue. And um, and that's you know, that's just the goodness of God yeah. that even his corrections, any sort of correction on this side of eternity is mercy. That's you right. Know? That's right. I'd rather I'd rather be humbled here than humbled on the other side. And, At the judgment um, seat of Christ where we yeah, get yeah, exposed. Yeah. Exactly. So 
We do just want to encourage you, and we hope that this conversation, just this opportunity for Bonnie and I just to share our hearts with you, has been encouraging and has, uh, has really pointed you back to the character of God yeah. and the beauty of his design for sexuality and for what it really means to be his people, to what yeah. it really means to be his followers. So we want to thank you again for listening to us, and we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out at info at theunionmovement.com and uh, visit our website, theunionmovement.com. And we would love to answer any of your questions or hear your comments and uh, do our best to get back to you. But until then, we love you so much and we'll see you next time on the Union Podcast. Hey, it's Brian from the Union here. And it goes without saying, in our day, sexuality has become very, very complicated. Many followers of Christ are finding themselves with big questions about hot topic issues of gender, relationships, and sexuality. And have questions like, what is tradition? What is cultural pressure? What does actually scripture say about these areas of my life? And with this in mind, we've released an eight-session e-course for young adults called The Journey Home. It includes digitally accessed video teachings and self-reflective study guides that helps you take action steps to apply what you are learning. If you would like to go through the course as an individual or go through it as a group, you can find out more at courses.theunionmovement.com. Thanks for listening to The Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.